course, it was you making noise, Jeff. Hello and welcome to All in the Addicted Gabblers podcast, a virtual meeting for Wednesday, June 24th of 2020. Tonight, we are going to be doing step one. We admitted we were powerless over gambling and that our lives had become unmanageable. And anything else really about that first period of time when we made that last bet. So with that said, I will welcome Jeff to the show. Jeff, what's up? Hey, Brian. It's <laughs> nice to see you again. It's been yeah. a while. Jeff and I uh, just interviewed a gambling court judge uh, about an hour ago. So we were literally just down here doing this. Which so this will be I'm fun. My, which is why I'm eating my dinner on this podcast. Yeah, and you just guys should all listen to that podcast when it is up because it's a good one. But it'll be up before this one. So if you haven't listened to it, go back. If we could just go around and everybody could just say hello, your name, and the last date of bet. Not for us, but to just give everybody listening an idea of where everybody is at in their recovery. That would be great. And I'll just, let's just go alphabetically first name. So Amy, if you want to, Amy, if you want to start, I had to do the alphabet. Uh, Hi, everybody. Um, My name's Amy. Um, My last date gambled was January 28th of 2020. Amy. Go ahead. Uh, My name is uh, Andre B. Uh, Last um, I'm a weekend. That's 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 what I'm saying. Uh, here, bro. All good. Hi, Andre. All good. Hi, Andre. Jeff, you're a little loud. Brad, compulsive gambler. Last bet was uh, February 7th of 2020. Hi, everybody. Brad. And I'm Brian, a compulsive gambler. Uh, last place to bet July 23rd of 2014. Hey, hello, Brian. Hello. I'm Danielle. Uh, I'm a compulsive gambler. My last bet was July 31st of 2018. Hey, Danielle. Hello, Danielle. Taking after you. As always. Kelly, you want to say hello? Or Jeff, JK. Oh. You. My name is Jeff with a J, not with a G. And uh, I last bet in uh, July of 2015. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. And J comes before K. So I'm Kelly. I'm a compulsive gambler. Uh, And my last bet was December 27th of 2018. Hello, Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hello. And last but not least, nice. I am Tom K. Uh, last bet, January 12th of 2020. Good evening, Tom. Hello, Jeffrey. Hello, Tom. Hello, Brian. So we're going to try and do this topic in, uh, as I said in the email to everybody, uh, just because I remember my GA group, whenever a new person would enter or if somebody came in and it was the first meeting since, we would do step one. Um, and Andre, I know last week you didn't go till really close to the end, so not everybody got a chance to sort of talk about uh, step one and and also um, relapses and anything like that. So I just wanted to give everybody the opportunity tonight. So with that said, does anybody have any questions about the topic of what we're looking for or anything? I, I'm really, honestly, I'm very curious about every, everybody's sort of that last bet, that that time span around that, where your head was at, how you're able to to do it, um, and that sort of thing. So with that said, would anybody like to go first? Danielle? I'll go first tonight. Hey, guys. Again, my name's Danielle, compulsive gambler. Last bet, July 31st of 2018. Uh, I'm happy to be on again tonight. I love this topic. When you sent it out uh, on Monday, I was very excited to do this topic tonight. So where was I in those last days in a really bad place? Um, some of you guys have heard this because you're on the other meeting with me, but I'll just share real fast. I 
got very sick in June and July of 2018 and was actually gambling while in physical rehab, trying to get therapy three hours a day to learn how to walk again. And in between therapy, when I should have been resting or doing exercises, or even in between breaks in therapy in the gym, I was on my phone gambling. Uh, I knew it was a problem before that. That really smacked me in the face that I really had a bad problem. And I still couldn't quit. And it took to the point where I felt like I couldn't breathe because of the weight of all of the stress and emotion on me. And I finally sent a message to my dad and said, I need to talk to you. And he knew pretty much right away as soon as we sat down. I didn't even have to say anything first. Um, that was a really that was a really hard time. That was a really bad time. I was suicidal thoughts after, like a couple of days after. Um, and I just feel like, you know, as much as I knew I had a problem, I just couldn't stop it. And that's the craziest thing about this disease is like, it doesn't matter how hard you try in your head. It's so hard to get away from. And I'm a, I was a rehab nurse in my own facility I knew how hard these therapy sessions were, and I still couldn't let my brain actually focus on what I needed to do to get better. So it was like, I, I always say this, so I entered physical recovery on July 3rd of 2018, and I entered emotional recovery on July 31st of 2018. And I do believe that the addiction had a big pull on my slow physical recovery in the beginning because I don't think I was fully vested in the actual mental capacity that it takes to do a physical rehab session. And I don't think my brain was there. I know. I don't even have to say I don't think. I know my brain wasn't there. And I really do believe after talking to my parents later on that that was, that was part of it. Not the physical issue, but the actual recovery was a little slower in the beginning than it probably needed to be because I was not putting the full effort into it. And that's really sad. When I look back at it, that's, you know, I have a smile on my face on here, but it's really sad to think about. And that's just a really hard thing. And when I was in those first, you know, couple of weeks, I just inundated myself with meetings. I made my first meeting on August 6th or 7th, whatever that next Tuesday was. My father brought me. And from then on, he said, you're on your own. You can do this on your own. I'm not taking you anymore. I'm not babying you. You have to do this on your own. And I went to three meetings my first week, and I've gone to three meetings a week ever since. And that's been a huge impact over the last, it'll be 23 months next week. Um, my ability to feel like I'm not just absent at this point, but I'm starting to recover. The other biggest thing for me was just accepting the fact that I had an addiction because that was really hard. I'm a scientific person and I didn't understand why. I understood why. I didn't understand the science behind it and I wanted to learn about that. I think once I accepted that, it helped me fully accept step one, helped me fully accept that I had a gambling problem, that I was powerless over it, and that my life had become unmanageable. And like a lot of people, also unlivable. And that was, that was a big step. 
but I would say it probably took the first couple months for me to just totally wrap my head around it. And then over the next year, up until my one year, to really fully engulf myself in it and truly understand it. And it's only because of meetings and the support that I had, my sponsor and my family and the family that you develop when you're in the rooms. You know, it's a second family. And that was a really big deal. So that is my step one. Never really talked about step one like that. So that was kind of cool just to have this conversation. I'm appreciative of everyone being on here. And with that, I will, I'm open for comments or questions or if anyone has any. I have a question, Danielle. So you seem to say that you had a difficult time accepting that you have an addiction. Yes. Did you at the same time know that you are having problems controlling your gambling? Absolutely. So if you didn't have an addiction, were you still thinking that your inability to control the addiction, the, I'm sorry, the gambling was as a result of not being strong enough or morally um, equipped to stop? I'm yeah, that's really interesting because I think, never really thought about that, but I think the biggest thing for me was that I believed I was a very strong-willed, strong-minded person. And what we learn is willpower can't do it by yourself. You know, willpower alone will not stop you from gambling. And I really thought I had the willpower because I did stop for six months uh, while not in recovery, but stopped on my own from, I think it was April to September of 2017. And just hopped back on and thought that I could control it, that I had total control. I was a very frugal person growing up. I didn't, I was very cheap. I did not like to spend money. I didn't like to go to the casino with more than $40 in my pocket. I was one of those that no, no debit card, no credit card, just $40 in my license. And what would happen would happen. Um, But online became a whole different ballgame because I didn't have the physical cash. So I thought, and again, I thought I could control it. I thought I could pay things off. And what's crazy is if I look back now, absolutely. I had an addiction from the beginning, but it was really hard for my brain to accept that because I also had a very negative connotation of addiction, despite the fact of knowing people in addiction. And I think I kind of judged myself as a bad person for uh, if I had to put the word addiction to it. But in reality, that wasn't the case. But that was, I think that was the hardest part for me, if that makes sense. Are we picking people tonight? Um, thank you for that question, though, Jeff. That was great. Brad, I'm going to pick on you because you're right next to me. I usually sense this. I can, I can sense it coming whenever I'm going to be the victim of the next selection. Um, so I was thinking as you were sharing, Danielle, um, just relating my story and thinking about, and, and I like these topics because it's uh, thought provocative for me to think back through the chain of events of my life to kind of come to that. When did I realize that I had a gambling problem? When did I realize I couldn't control it? Was it like the fifth time I tried to say, this is it, I'm not gonna do this anymore? Was it the 10th, was it the 20th, 50th, whatever it was? Um, I, I think for me, uh, man, let's say this out loud on a podcast about being a compulsive gambler. I just love to gamble. I, th- I don't know, guys, I, like, I just love the thrill of gambling. And 
there was probably years that went past there in the middle of this thing as my disease was getting worse, where the consequences just weren't big enough yet. The, um, the, and Brian, I could probably go back to the, you know, one of your early episodes on the podcast where you talk about your routine, getting ready to go through the casino, walking into the casino. And I could, man, can I relate to that? Because there's so much excitement going on at that point. I'm getting to do the thing in life that I love the most. And I have, you know, money in my pocket and nothing but optimism because we've all won, right? So you think you're going to win. Um, so you did that. Uh, and, and, and as the consequences began to kind of catch up, um, there was still like, it was like the, the reward was still there for me. And, and, and the consequences weren't big enough that I could shove them off. Like I couldn't just shove them off. Right. And say, I, I'll deal with that later. And, and I don't think it was anything ever where I was like, I'm actually going to go and win enough money to cover the financial debt. But even you know, the other consequences, um, because, you know, the, 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 the financial was kind of just one of the symptoms, right, uh, of, of all the consequences we have, right? The emotional damage we do to relationships is another one that's uh, top of mind for me. Um, I say all that to say, I'm not sure if I can actually pinpoint the time where I said, I'm a compulsive gambler and I can't stop doing this on my own, right? Because there were no less than, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 drives home, uh, flights home, whatever it was where I made promises to myself that um, I was never gonna put myself in that position again. Uh, I do remember, and I can't pinpoint anywhere on the timeline, and, 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 and I could pretty much gamble on anything. I wasn't a sports better, um, but any casino game that they have in the casino, I could gamble on. But my, 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 my drug of choice, <laughs> was video poker, you know, the form where there's 10 hands and multiple variations of kickers and noises and bells and shit going off. And those are always the one I have my biggest jackpots on when you're talking about like five figure type jackpots. Um, and I, I remember being at a machine and I play it so fast that people would try and watch me and they, and they like, <laughs> They would watch me for like a minute and just like, I have no fucking idea what you're doing over there. Like, you're just going, right? And, uh, and I would play it that fast. And, and, and I, I remember like losing like an hour and a half of time where I was just there. I was focused. I didn't know what else was going on in the world. Uh, I was probably hungry. I was probably chain smoking, whatever. But I, like I'd actually lost this time. And, and, you know, and it was one of those things where it's like maybe I was winning a little and losing a little. But if I put a couple hundred dollars in there, I was hanging around even and I was just going. Right. But I remember and that had to be within the last year and a half that that happened where I kind of I, I lost the money that was in the machine, decided to stand up and walk to a different machine. And I was just like, holy shit, like there's people in this casino. There's other people actually here. Right. There's people around me. And I, I remember that feeling of kind of like that was really out of control. Like you told yourself you were going to stop in the midst of all of that when you hit a certain dollar threshold on the machine. Right. And, and I just couldn't do it. Right. So that was like very functional in the moment. Like I had a realization of like, I, if I'm sitting in front of this machine, I just might not have any control. 
okay, so then you go to the next item. Well, maybe I don't play that game. Maybe uh, when I come to the casino, I limit the amount of time I have on the back end, so I have to get up and go somewhere. Um, I went through all of those variations. Um, it, at the end of um, my gambling career, though, and 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 I, you know, I've heard many stories from many people as we share with each other in these type of settings. Um, that you know, a lot, a lot of people got right. They got they got caught at some point, and that's what forced them to have the to come come clean and actually look in the mirror. I actually got caught three times along the way. Um, and, and when I finally quit, it wasn't me getting caught. It was it was really me just being, I, I say this over again, and I know it's very cliche for a 12-step anonymous type program, but I really just got sick and tired of being sick and tired of this fucking cycle that I'm always on. The, I win, everything's great. I'm going to figure this out. I lose. I win. I lose. I, 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 I hate myself through the process because I can't control it. Right. And that self hatred of like, um, uh, you know, not not like just really loathing myself for not being able to control it. And it and it and it wasn't until like kind of that point where I started coming to these meetings that I was like, I actually can't control this and i went through so many variations guys i i, I went through self-exemption list i went through cutting up credit cards i went through limiting amounts i take i went through um uh you know a lot of those barriers that we try to put in place or try to control it and i just couldn't control it i went for i, I probably went for a six-month period where I, I never gambled when i was like in my hometown only when i was traveling but I would I would be prepared to lose a lot a lot of money when I got there and I would lose a lot of money and I you know like and and I would just get caught up in the emotion of the the emotion of when I was gambling. So I think for me like step one, um, I, I tell that story to say I, I can't I can't like put my finger on the day or time. I just remember the first week I came to this this type of meeting um, where I could share with other people and talk about gambling and listen to other people's experience where I said okay, this is, this is, this is actually what it takes. Like I, I need a support group. What they're there for support, right? I need a support group. If I want to, if I want to, if I want to beat this thing, um, I have a different view of, you know, willpower. I think my willpower got me to the support group. And so I would like to still say I'm exercising some willpower through this process to keep coming back to the meetings and to keep showing up and to not gamble at this point. Um, and to do the next thing that I'm told to do by my sponsor or by some other person who's uh, in the group with me, I think that's still an exercise of willpower. I don't know if my control issues or my ego play into that at this point, um, but I believe that, uh, that, 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 that willpower is still there. And I could talk for a lot, a, a lot longer about this, but there's a ton of other people here who probably want to share too. And I've, uh, I've capitalized their time for long enough. So uh anybody have any questions comments concerns want to load me with me you were you seriously as you were talking and you were talking about sitting at the machine and i was sitting over here like i'm nodding along and smiling with you but i was getting a little worked up like oh yeah i remember that oh yeah, yeah. i remember that and then it, oh yeah but i just wanted to say when you mentioned the time loss that sort of clicked in my head is to the the time loss especially that sort of early morning oh five right. meanwhile three hours earlier when you decided to to get that extra bit off the credit card and really screw yourself and you're like oh i'm not gonna leave till five that sucks i gotta go to work 
but then eventually it becomes five and that's when you're no longer excited but it was always that time where it clicked in like that's when the money hit i was like oh my god it's 5 a.m oh my god i have no i have no money it's 5 a.m what the hell was i thinking like i just woke up <laughs> yeah it's a it's a daze right and i remember and just uh just just to put a con some context on it like i, I mean it was I was in your favorite place, Brian. I was in the Motor City, uh, Motor City Casino there in Detroit. I was in Detroit for a client meeting that happened at like nine thirty a.m. Of course you were. Nine thirty a.m. I had I had people flying in early that were meeting me in my hotel at nine, and we were going to drive to the client. And I finally walk out of there to my car, and it's like seven forty-five in the freaking morning. I just gambled from fucking nine p.m until 7 45 in the morning and i walked out of there and it was just like all right go back to the hotel take a shower and let's get on with the meeting and i won that day so i was just like i, I left there with money and i was like whatever i'll sleep later i'll sleep when i'm dead um it's fucking weird shit right like normal people don't do things like that <laughs> and everybody's shaking their head like yeah i've been there before like because we're all fucking weird like we have a problem like normal people yeah, don't i'll do say it out loud yeah Anyways, all right, thanks for letting me share, and I'm going to send it over to Amy. Hi, guys. Um, Brad, I could totally relate to so much of what you were talking about, and it's interesting because I've stopped gambling several times, but this last time um, has been since January, and it's been pretty easy breezy, you know, the casinos, all the places to gamble have been closed, and... I have some stressors right now. In fact, I'm in good things. I just looked at my phone and a house that I put an offer on um, was accepted while we were having this meeting. So good things are happening. But I know that when <clears throat> I start to have a lot of things happening, that's when I'm really um, kind of tempted to gamble. You know, I, I like to gamble when... Um, when I'm feeling overwhelmed so I can go to a casino where nobody has any expectations of me, where I can just sit there, hit my button. Um, you know, I just hate talking to people when, you know, sometimes somebody will sit next to you and they'll start talking to you and I'm just like, just get out of my zone. Um, but the last week I've definitely thought much more about gambling than I have since I quit in January. Um, I have a lot of things in place, um, a lot of, um, you know, blocks to make me not gamble. Um, you know, I've self-excluded at the casino. Um, I don't have any access to money. I mean, those are really the two big things. Um, but boy, I, I have really had an urge to go to the casino. I've had an urge, actually, for some reason, I've had an urge to just, you know, I take off to Vegas and just have a weekend where I'm just kind of indulging. And I think it's because lately I've been doing a lot of really adult things. Um, I mean, I should, you know, I'm in like my forties, so obviously I should be adulting, but there's always a part of me that just wants to like retreat back to this kind of this careless person, um, you know, who could kind of just do whatever I wanted. Um, I'm married now, so there's a lot more at stake. So, you know, we're talking about step one, um, and I thought the last five years that I've been gambling, I thought that I was managing it in a way, um, before, the, you know, before I met my spouse, I, um, I didn't really have anybody, you know, to answer to, so I could kind of do whatever I wanted. And, 
whatever I did, if I didn't end up having any money that was just reflected on me, it didn't have, you know, I didn't, it didn't impact anybody else. It did, obviously, my family and my friends, but at the time I was thinking that it didn't. And um, I kind of think of my gambling in two different phases. Um, you know, before five years ago, we didn't have a casino close by. So I would go to um, a state nearby and they have video lottery machines and all the bars and, um, but you never really won that much. And then they built this giant, beautiful casino, just, you know, 10 miles from here. And, you know, I went for probably about a year without going to that casino because I was really trying to, to not go because I know, or I knew that once I would go, I would just, I just wouldn't be able to, you know, uh, resist it. And I, I don't even remember when the first day I went to that big, beautiful casino was, but it, I mean, I, I went in and unfortunately, I think the second time I went, I won a ton of money. Um, and I don't like to talk about money because it's definitely a trigger. But um, the casino was a whole different world than the little video lottery machines in the bars where the most you could win at one time was $600. Well, you know, I thought I was managing okay for the last five years because I had somebody that was, you know, I was doing finances with, um, you know, before this casino went in, I had lost a home. Um, I went through bankruptcy. I almost lost my job because I would leave work. I mean, it was, my life was completely unmanageable. And I was kind of delusional to think the last five years, my life, you know, wasn't. But, um, you know, because I wasn't spending quite as much money, I didn't think. Um, and so really the I thought that I was able to control my gambling. So I didn't feel like I was totally powerless. Um, you know, I only left work a couple times. So I, you know, I was like, well, that's not that bad. You know, um, I, um, but really what, what got me is just the constant lying this time around, you know, once I started going to the casino, my, um, my gambling just kind of started ramping up. And when I had that big win, I took three, the next three days off work because I wanted to keep winning. You know, I thought, oh, I, I won. I, I, have, I must have a system. I know what I'm doing. I'm going to go to this machine and then, you know, play a certain amount and then max it out here and then go in the high roller area. And I mean, I was just ridiculous because I thought that I had some control in my gambling. Well, um, you know, obviously in those three days, I lost like, you know, five figure um, thing that I had won. And, um, it was just like, and I was like, how could you have lost all of that money? I mean, it was so much money. Um, I, you know, cause I'd never won that. And I, I was like, how did that happen? And it just was, I don't know. It just, I, I just couldn't stop. Like I cannot stop. Even when I win, I lose. It doesn't matter how much I win. I will lose because I will put it all back in the machine. Um, it doesn't matter. I could win a million dollars and it would go back into the machine and then I would put more in the machine and then more and more until I would just lose everything kind of like I did before. But now I have so much more to lose. I would lose my relationship. Um, I've already lost the trust of several friends there. You know, it's taken almost five months now for us to really start talking again and for them to not feel so angry because I lied to them all the time. Um, so even though I thought that I was doing it right this time by 
you know, only going for two hours instead of 12, you know, because somebody was expecting me home, it was way unmanageable. Um, it was unmanageable because I was not the person that I wanted to be. Um, I was a liar. Um, I was a gaslighter. Um, and, and it just, uh, it just makes me sick because that's not the person I am. And because I would not necessarily go every day, I'd maybe go once a week. That's how I thought I was managing it twice a week. Um, but you know, they talk about in GA, even those periods where you're not gambling every day, you're still kind of in that action mode. And so you're still not a healthy person. So this time around, it's a little bit different from, for me. I think this is the very first time where there is not a way that I can go back and not have this disease kill me. Because I know if I went back, I would lose everything that I'd worked for, the relationships that are important to me and I I don't think I would I, I just don't I don't even know I would just work to gamble you know if I lost everything then I'd be like I don't care um so this time has to be the final time and so um it's been hard the last week because I've definitely um thought about it more you know sometimes I just want to escape and um and throw it all, all away but that's when I look at the thing that I wrote that list everything that I would lose. And, you know, I know that that feeling will pass. Um, and then I just move on. Um, and it, it, you know, it's a day by day thing. Um, I think, you know, before I quit again in January, I had always thought, well, I might be able to gamble, you know, maybe a little bit in five years or whatever, but it just always comes back, um, just as bad as if not worse than it was before. So, um, yeah, when I'm gambling, even if it's not every day, my life is unmanageable because I'm not the person that I want to be. Um, so I think that's pretty much it. It's, um, it, this disease sucks. And it's so, I'm so grateful that, um, you guys are here to, to listen and to be supportive. So anybody, anybody have questions or I just, uh, it's more of a comment. You can respond to it or other people can respond to it when they share. But I, I, uh, it's interesting when you talk about when they built that, big shiny casino close to your house and you waited almost a year before you went there because you knew it was going to be a problem for you. It kind of, it kind of make me look at the first step and, and, and like, there's, there's like, there's seriously two components to the first step. It's like you admitted your life. Um, I'm sorry. You admitted you were powerless over gambling and there's a big word and, and your life had become unmanageable, right? Do you think at that point, you knew the first component of that, like that you were powerless over gambling and that's why you made that decision? Yeah, definitely. I had been in and out of um, GA for so many times that I I could, I, and I've been to outpatient treatment for gambling. I mean, I could, I have a master's degree in psychology. Like I know, I, I know what this disease does to me. Um, I knew the minute I went to that casino that my life would just get, you know, more, more and more unmanageable. And, um, but you know, I, I had become complacent. I wasn't engaged in a meeting. Um, so I, you know, I avoided the casino just out of sheer will and not with support what I should have done. And I had a therapist tell me this, that I should have self-excluded before I ever walked in that door. And thankfully the casino that I'm near you can go to, they have like a little um, office 
so you don't have to walk into the casino to self-exclude. And I just, I should have just done it right then. But I, it's like, I was just wanted like one time to go and see what it was like. And yeah, that was the decision. Amy, I could relate to a lot of things that you were saying in your, in your story. And I was just thinking about something that someone else told me. You said you've been having a lot of good, congratulations in the house, by the way. You said you've been having a lot of good things happen but yet your brain has been even more thinking about gambling now over the last week than it has in a while. And actually I had a friend, a family friend who's been in AA and NA for, was in for 20 years, relapsed, and then is back in for 15 now. And she said the addiction didn't get bad. The urges weren't there when everything was going bad. It was when it got good because our brain kind of gave us this idea that we didn't have to worry about it as much and we deserved it and we could do it because everything's going well. And it's just very interesting that you said that. Um, And I liked Brad's question and your response. I thought that was very interesting. Thank you. I'll go. Oh, uh, Brian H. Compulsive Gambler, July 23rd, 2014. So my very last time of gambling I was able to stop for the current time was almost six years ago. And it was in Las Vegas. I had driven over from Los Angeles, four and a half hours. I was very excited. It was, I was in the, at the end of, of a large relapse, a relapse in my, in my life um, that had started with the death of my father, but also I sort of just used the death of my father. You know, you, you age on and you start like, what did I really think about back then? I sort of used it to like, oh, I'm going to go gamble. No one's going to say shit to me because my dad died. So um, it was a large year long, really relapse. I wouldn't say it was just that period of time when I lived in Los Angeles or on the way there. But even before that, I was I was doing it. But anyways, that last that very last that last time where I finally realized, like, I have to stop. It It was easier because I didn't get caught. It wasn't in that, but it was forced upon me through the actions of like, I lost and I lost really bad. And it put me to the point of no choice of what I need to do. Um, So to give you some backstory about my recovery, 18, I'm gambling and I'm loving it and it's bad for me. All of a sudden I'm realizing, and then I was like, oh, maybe I have a problem. And then I think, ah, I'm 18. I don't have a problem. I'm 18. No. So I gamble and I go and I, do it again for another six years. Uh, and then I decide, uh, my friend tells me, you know, like, Hey, Brian, you have a gambling problem. I'm like, Oh, somebody else told me I have a gambling problem. All right. I'll go to recovery, go to recovery. Did not care for it. It was like, I'll do it on my own. Lost more money, lost more time. Went back to recovery two and a half years relapsed. Cause I decided I didn't need recovery. I was fine. Stopped going to meetings. And then I started gambling because I wasn't going to meetings anymore. Uh, again, two and a half years and then cut to Another time, going back to recovery. And so there's just a cycle. And so when I finally, I had moved California to pursue stuff and that was the whole point of moving there. And now I put myself in a giant amount of debt uh, from this giant relapse, specifically that last night. Um, So in my mind, I'm thinking I moved to California. I mean, when I first moved there, I had money. I had the idea of not even working, just pursuing, not working, pursuing, like trying to, that was my dream. And then here I am, July, I moved there at the end of January, it was July, and I was broke. And I had to file for 
bankruptcy and I'll walk you through my bankruptcy decision like this. I had I had done those stages of recovery and relapsing and not work, things not working in this. And I just thought if I don't file bankruptcy, I'm going to have to pay the price for what I have done, which I know is fair. But I'm also like, I had a very selfish move. I'm like, I just moved out here for something completely different. Now I'm going to have to get a second job and I'm living the exact same life I was living back in Michigan. I'm going to do the exact same thing and I'm going to just keep gambling. And I knew that if I did the bankruptcy, I'm not going to gamble because I'm terrified of the law. So uh, there was a very clear cut decision for me. I was like, I'm going to do this. I don't know if it makes me a shitty person. I kind of feel like it does a little bit, but also at the same time, I'm like, fuck it. It's my life. That's what I'm going to do. So uh, I did that. And I only did that is because my friend who I called for help uh, that morning um, gave me the number of a credit counselor. And so on my four and a half hour drive home after um, gambling all night and having no money and realizing like, oh shit, everything I just worked for is down the toilet again. Now I have a four and a half hour car ride to think about it. You know that period of time when you stop gambling, but you can't fix all the problems because you don't have any money coming in yet. So you're just sort of going nuts. Now I had that in a four and a half hour car ride because I couldn't even start to solve the problems because I'm driving in the desert. And so that last relapse was just, it was, it was too much. It made me insane. And so I knew that if I filed bankruptcy, I know that I won't gamble because I did that. So that's why I did that at the time. And then over time, I forget about bankruptcy and just the thought of like, oh, I don't need to gamble because I don't want to gamble. And then he cut to today. There I am sitting, reading my cell phone, my daughter's running around and I'm, on ESPN.com, apparently the baseball season is going to start up again. So I'm excited. So I'm looking about, see what it is. And of course, of course, of course, there's a little blurb that betters are going to be happy uh, and they should put all their money on either the Yankees or the Dodgers. And in that little itty bitty second, subconscious in my mind, I just went, man, what a great time to bet on the Tigers. Like that thought just crept in like, I'm going to do it. And I was like, wait a minute. No, no, no. I, like, I completely forgot who I was. I was just excited by the idea of like a bet that I would never make, but because of the shortened season and the ridiculousness of the whole thing, like I could bet on the Tigers and that might be fun. And the idea that that thought crept in my head today and I immediately went, there's a meeting tonight that I'm going to be at, but also, oh, no, I can mention this because that's weird that that just popped in there. And I think that was the first time in a long time where I was like, oh, that'd be fun. Oh, wait, I forgot who I am. I cannot do that. I don't gamble. So, um, but getting back to that, that relapse, that was sort of my last, I think going into that night, I sort of knew like, this is either going to make me or break me. And it broke me terribly. And I never want to go back to that. But it took several times of relapsing to get to that point. I mean, I had accepted that I had a problem, but I just didn't care. I, I think, you know, really, I, I probably owe my mother an apology for all the years of just taking advantage of the fact that she was my mother and she loved me because I gambled her money that, you know, she gave me to pay off debts with, you know, when I, the, the, I think three times in my life, I had these giant breakdowns of like, I'm still gambling mom. Uh, so, you know, at those times she would work with me like, oh, you're going to go to your meetings and everything. And I'll help you out with these immediately. You can pay me back later, that sort of thing. And I don't think I ever, I mean, intentions are good, but I, I never paid her back. I just asked for more and more and she still gave it to me. So God bless the woman for, for being a lovely mother, but it really does make you think of how shitty of a person. And I think like on the cover, I'm a decent individual, but you open that book up and there's just shit in there, but everybody has shit, but it's unfortunate that the shit costs us all a bunch of time and money and that 
you know, we still struggle with it. That's the bummer. We can't just like leave it and go and move on and do something else. But also that's the positive because here we are talking about it and that's what helps. So with that, I have nothing else to offer except to say, uh, Andre, I think you said this weekend, this past weekend was your, your date. I just want to make sure that I had that correct. And if I do have that correct, um, I just want to say, welcome back again. Thanks for coming back. And also, I still think your head is in the right space because you're here again. So you're here, buddy. So good on you. And uh, I will pass it to, does anybody want to go next or I will choose someone? Kelly or Andre, did you want to go? Yeah, sure. I'll jump in there. I seem like I always end up going uh, last. Uh, and I yeah, definitely appreciate actually the topic because uh, I feel like, oh, I'm sorry, Andre, uh, beat compulsive gambler uh, last bet uh, one week. Uh, and I definitely, like I said, appreciate the topic uh, because uh, definitely can uh, everybody's uh, story pretty much resonates with uh, me in some kind of way, whether uh, yeah, winning big and losing it, uh, having somebody who gave some money uh, to you just because uh, out of love, uh, whether they knew you had a problem or not, um, uh, working late hours, going in, planning on being there for an hour or two. Uh, like Brad ended up uh, staying there the whole night and pretty much going into work, uh, but being able to go in there because you won. Uh, but if you had a loss, it probably been a different uh, story because, uh, of course, you get sleepy and everything when you lose. Um, but first of all, I just want to say, uh, y'all yeah, don't understand how uh, much uh, just the meaning in itself uh, means uh, to somebody, especially like myself, uh, because in your head when you're days in and weeks in, uh, you're still fighting, or I'm just going to speak on myself, I'm still fighting that piece of my head that knows I have a compulsive gambling disorder, uh, but is fighting the concept of I need to stop doing this the rest of my life. And somewhere in my head, I uh, think I can be disciplined like other things in my life and say, oh, I'm just going to go on Friday or you know, go once a month after a uh, good month in sales or just something. Uh, we all know what happens that yeah, one time turns into uh, going the next day, whether it's a win or loss, and then the cycle just completes itself. Um, and my wife just it brought it up to me the other day. Uh, um, yeah, she said pretty much the cycle of our happiness and our marriage is pretty much on a quarterly basis because yeah, I'll go three months without gambling have a uh, gambling outbreak and when I gamble for two, three weeks or whatever, and then yeah, something just happens that I either lose too much or or lose a lot or whatever happens that yeah, I'm uh, starting at ground zero again and then yeah, we're building up everything in our relationship for three more months until the cycle happens again. Uh, and so hearing stories from other people uh, from across the, the uh, globe, I mean, the world, I mean, the U.S., uh, yeah, it just means a lot because, yeah, unfortunately, I don't know any personally anybody who I can speak to, uh, yeah, but I yeah, have a group of people who, yeah, I don't know besides from the, the meeting, but yeah, it's like y'all are family because uh, we all have the same understanding of uh, this thing. Um, I do feel like because in my head, I always want to put uh, a long time period in it. That's probably where the quarterly uh, thing my wife was talking about comes into play is because I 
uh, put a, okay, I'm going to stop for three months, uh, see how this life is when uh, really, especially the initial side, you need to attack this thing on a daily basis, uh, especially me just planning my days out when I, uh, and that's the catch-22, because uh, before I would yeah, have a job that I would, in the car industry, I would be working 50 hours plus a week and things like that, that um, uh, 50 plus hours a week uh, that I would have to be somewhere. Uh, but now uh, being in entrepreneurship uh, field, uh, I just have to schedule my time uh, yeah, way better uh, because yeah, that free time is, is bad. Uh, especially with my wife working from home. And, uh, yeah, that's why it's the first thing was for me to tell myself that, yeah, I just can't lie about where I'm at. Uh, because, yeah, that is the, yeah, the number one thing. If I yeah, get in the, the realm of lying about where I'm at, that's when I'll uh, yeah, try to step out and go. Or I think last week I told you how, yeah, usually I will go uh, run at 5.30 in the morning. And I'm like, yeah, I can escape for two hours. Uh, and I'm only 30 minutes away from the place. Hey, let me go out there for an hour and a half instead of running. So uh, while my wife and family thought I was running, I was uh, uh, gambling. Uh, so yeah, just uh, keeping track of your time and what you're doing is super important uh, during the first uh, yeah, days, in my opinion. Uh, but when I say I like look forward to these meetings now, it was yeah, hit or miss before if I was going to come or not. But now when I say I look forward to uh, these yeah, meetings, I just know that yeah, I have to uh, yeah, get with more groups, uh, whether it's uh, group meetings or whatever the case is, uh, yeah, a couple more during the week, uh, whether it's uh, earlier in the day or whatever the case is, um, because uh, yeah, the fact that I'm looking forward to Wednesdays and at least Wednesdays help me out uh, tremendously. I know for a fact that uh, if I add some more throughout the week and things that it will definitely uh, help out. Um, but uh, just a quick, uh, again, about uh, my story, I started uh, street gambling pretty much, uh, shooting dice and everything. Uh, and, uh, yeah, of course, when I turned 21, I uh, found out that you can play craps at the casino. You don't have to wait for people. You can just go uh, show your ID and, uh, and be able to uh, get, uh, play the best worst thing that happened to me is that I began off my career winning. Uh, so I always had that in my head uh, that, yeah, I can win. I think the littlest amount that I won big on was $10 and uh, ended up getting like $10,000. So in my head, I'm always, uh, I'm quite sure you guys know, you think that you can go down to your very last and that'll always happen. Uh, see you shaking your head, Brad, that must have happened to you many times. Uh, Oh, uh, and yeah, it's just a terrible, terrible uh, feeling. Uh, then, yeah, I'm quite sure you all yeah, know also that it also becomes a bad feeling. Even the wins don't feel as good as they used to or should be, that you always are looking for more. Uh, it's never enough. Uh, yeah, the fact that, uh, yeah, um, Amy, yeah, you said you lost the, I mean, yeah, five uh, figures uh, back within uh, three days. Uh, or something of winning it uh, is yeah, just uh, yeah, powerful um, because yeah, that should have been uh, enough yeah, for any of us to stop. But because we have this uh, crazy problem, it, it's just never enough. 
Uh, so I do feel like you have to uh, find something just in your life and uh, passionate about. I feel like it has to be something like really internal uh, that you're just passionate about. It really can't even be kids because kids are going to get older. Uh, can't even really be just your spouse because yeah, your spouse wants to do things on their own. I feel like you do have to find something uh, like deep inside yourself that uh, you can pour into other people uh, yeah, to at least alleviate just that's just uh, me that to at least alleviate uh, that uh, void that you're going to miss initially uh, when it comes to the gambling. Uh, I don't even know if I answered the kind of uh, question, but uh, like I said, again, I, I definitely appreciate the topic because uh, just hearing uh, the beginning days and to know that you guys uh, have yeah, three months, six months, uh, six years, uh, I think Jeff is like nine or ten years uh, under you guys' belt uh, definitely it makes me feel that there is some some kind of uh, normal normalcy eventually uh, down the line uh, that I'm yeah, looking forward to. But I definitely feel like uh, yeah, one day at a time is definitely key in the beginning stages. Because if you think about that, yeah, 90 days from now, yeah, after seven days, you're like, man, that's so far away. I mean, I'm only seven days in. Let me just uh, go now. Uh, and I'm open for any uh, questions. Andre, I just want to jump in real fast. Um, again, the fact that, you know, you're looking forward to these Wednesday meetings is awesome. And that means that your head's in the right spot. And we talked about that. Brian just said that. And the other thing is, I don't know if this was the topic, that's something we just had this topic about, you know, truly a day at a time with the not gambling. Like, because I think I heard you say something about like, damn, like, can I go that long without gambling? Like, it's literally a day at a time, a minute at a time. Um, and I think we've all been there with the, with those big wins. And it, honestly, sometimes the wins are worse for you than the losses because it precipitates you to just keep going. And it makes you think that you've got it under control when you just don't. So I'm really glad that you're back, and I'm glad that you're looking forward to these meetings and can hopefully find some more. So. And I uh, yeah, definitely appreciate that. And I, I, I believe, I don't know who said it, uh, yeah, one of the first times I came on, but uh, you guys were congratulating that I stopped on the high. And, yeah, I'm quite sure in the back of your head, you probably were thinking, yeah, that's a, probably a bad thing, which it ended up being because I do feel like you almost need to lose, uh, end up on the losing because you're always going to have it in the back of your head eventually that, yeah, I look. A Superman, not as Clark Kent. Like, uh, why can't I go back and, uh, yeah, do it again? You know what I'm saying? So the fact that, uh, even though it was a small loss, just the fact that there was the time again and the lies and the seat that uh, I was tired of was bigger than the, uh, the money um, at that point for me. And uh, I was about to say something else, but um, any other questions about that? Oh, oh, yeah, that was what I was going to say. I'm sorry. Uh, the first uh, meeting I went to, uh, literally, I think I was 30 years old and the closest person to age to me was like uh, 58 or 60 or something. So uh, I didn't see myself really in any of those people. Uh, and I think I only, I may have went uh, like once or twice. I think I went to another one and the age disparity was like 25 years again. And I'm like, maybe it's not as bad for me. I mean, these people are so old i'm so young um, yeah i think that was part of the reason so uh the fact that i found this uh in the quarantine and that you guys uh yeah, put it together 
Um, it means the world. But I will pass it on to Kelly. You done eating, Kelly, over there? Thanks, Andre. Yeah, hi, everyone. It's uh, Kelly, Compulsive Gambler, and the last bet was December uh, 27, 2018. Um, when I think back to December of 2018, I just uh, one thing I stood out for me is that um, when I got the topic here was that, uh, yeah, those last days of gambling were, were um, pretty interesting. Um, I'll, I'll take you back a little bit further. I have uh, I've been gambling for I was gambling for quite a long time, like probably since I was 18, and I'm in my late 40s now. So, um, but it was always to me casual gambling, and it was always like I I could control it for the longest time. But when the when that like somebody said when that big casino opened up uh, like half an hour away from me, it was so tempting and um, I couldn't resist it. And I ended up gambling there probably probably back in uh, 2005, 2006, when uh, that casino would have opened for me in my area. And um, but still then it was it was controllable. But when it got started to get uncontrollable is when I started going there without anybody else. When I started going there so that I wouldn't have to go home, I was dreading going home in some cases because um, things weren't going well at home. Let's just put it that way. Um, so I was going to escape. The, nobody would know. I would just say, hey, I got to work late. The casino was kind of close to my work, closer to my work than it was to my home. So I would just go there for a couple hours and just, I was, I was one of those slow gamblers. I just kind of, I sat at a blackjack table and I play the minimum bet the whole time. Just, it was just to pass the time. Um, and for me, that, that's, that's what did it for me. It was just like just sitting there and just, passing time so I wouldn't have to go home um so but that that soon escalated let's just say let's just fast forward to about 2012 when uh it has it has escalated a little bit more my bets were had gone up a little bit more I uh would sit there and there was an opportunity where um uh the um my wife and, and kids had gone on vacation on a camping trip and for some reason or another I managed to get out of this camping trip I told her I had to go to work, and work was too busy at the at that point, so I had to be home. But sure enough, that was a big lie. I was just uh, work. I probably could have gotten out of work and gone with them, but uh, it escalated so much that I, I drained the bank account. And like I said, I was a slow gambler. I didn't I didn't realize that I had credit cards that I could have maxed out or anything like that. But I just drained the bank account. It, I felt really really shitty at that point. Um, I thought, well, how the heck did I let that happen? And what I was doing, I was, I was, I was chasing my losses. I kept, I kept betting and I kept going back to the ATM, just getting more money out, more money out until it was all gone. And uh, yeah, at that point, this in 2012, after that had happened, I decided, okay, that's enough. I'm not going to let that happen again. So I actually self-excluded, and I had self-excluded at that time for five years. It was the maximum time at that time for five years. Um, but I'll tell you something. They offered at that time, do you need counseling? And I said, nope, I'll be fine. I'm going to do this on my own. Oh, my goodness. That was the worst mistake I ever made. Because I know now, those five years, um, sure enough, like six months into those five years, I was back at the casino gambling or I'd find a way around it. Um, the self-exclusion wasn't working in my area. I don't know how it works in other people's areas, but they still let you in. They still let you do that. 
But if you were to make this big win, I'm sure they wouldn't have let me take that money. They uh, kind of, uh, it's kind of a cheesy situation, but it just is, I, I, and I don't like it, but um, I don't trust it. But um, I was able to go over those five years, I probably would go, and anytime I would have opportunity where I wouldn't, where no, I wouldn't get caught, or if I had some money that I had uh, gotten from somewhere else, um, I would use it and, and, and go to the casino. So, so I let that five years lapse. And I remember waiting for that day for that five years to come up. And it was in August of 2017. I, I remember that vividly. I said, oh, I can go in there and I can win big now. So obviously it didn't work. That self-exclusion didn't work because I wasn't letting it work. I wasn't getting the help I needed. I wasn't going to see a counselor. I wasn't going to GA or anything like that. So, um, and I would go back and I would just take a little bit of money at a time, just like I said, just just to, uh, just to spend time somewhere else other than at home. Um, but what but what got me back um, into uh, this recovery was uh, an incident where, um, of course. You're not telling your wife everything. You're lying to your your family. You're lying to everybody. You're lying to your workmates. All these different things are going on. And then eventually it all kind of snowballed. And my wife said, you know what? I've had enough. And it wasn't the gambling. It wasn't, it was just everything. So the, I believe it was in 2018, I'll say June, 2018. She said she was going to, she needed some time away from me. We were going to have to, uh, separate and I think that's what did it in me eventually that's when I started my recovery but I still went to that casino because now there was even more opportunity but now I was going for a different reason now I now I really feel looking back at it that I was going because I wanted someone to catch me I wanted somebody to notice me I I was I was looking for I was just looking for somebody to acknowledge that I existed um I wanted somebody to help me. This was my last ditch effort for somebody to help me. So I remember, and I may have shared this in one of my other my other meetings, or I may have even shared it on the podcast. I don't remember, but I remember my there was this one this last episode where I was sitting in the casino gambling, and and uh, everyone was trying to text me. Everyone was trying to phone me. I was ignoring all texts, all phones. They knew where I was because I had admitted before that that's where I'd been going to this casino. And all of a sudden, uh, all the texts, all the phone calls, they stopped. And in the back of my mind, I knew, you know what? They're on their way. Somebody's coming to get me. Somebody's coming on their way to get me. And um, I'm going to have to. And this is what I wanted. Um, I didn't know at the time. But looking back at it, that's that's probably that last day why I was doing that. I was just, I wanted somebody to, to help me. And this was my call for help. And for me, that's probably what I needed. That's what. The, the shame of walking out of that casino, the, the tap on the shoulder is like, okay, you're done, right? They don't want to make a big scene, but they, my, my uh, two teen, not teenage, my two 20-year-old kids came in and, and took me out of the casino. And yeah, the shame of walking out and knowing that you're done. And I, I don't know what everybody else thought, but it is what it is. It happened. And I never went back. Um, that was it for me. And I still struggled. I, uh, Took me a while after that to reach out for more help, um, but of course uh, I eventually found my way to one of the GA rooms. And and this this step one about um, you guys say in your meetings that you uh, your first GA meetings or whatever 
you uh, um, have a step one meeting on, on some times or, or you read the 20 questions and that didn't really happen for me in my in my first GA meeting but that's fair that's fine maybe over here where I am maybe they just they felt that some people just don't want that they don't want to to push you into it or or something whatever but whatever it worked for me um, because the love in that room even without talking about step one even without the 20 questions the love in that room and the realization that I wasn't alone the realization that I didn't have a, a unique problem that there was people that I could talk to and about this it, that was that was what did it for me and since then I've been going back I mean with COVID uh, we were able to do our Zoom meetings and um, we're just getting back now to sitting out in the parking lot with our meetings so that's all that's all very well and good so yeah that that was my last moment of, of, of gambling and where I was at my head was in a place where yes I wanted to get caught I was reaching out for help and somebody helped me so thank God for that and um, now I'm able to access counseling because yes I have self-excluded again and this time it's working because I I've I told somebody hey I need counseling and um, I, at the beginning, I was seeing this counselor once a week, and that um, that was the beginning of it. Just and right now, I maybe see them maybe five or six every five or six weeks because there's still inline issues that I still have to deal with, and and I'm working on all those things. So I'll stop there. Um, uh, then nobody has any questions. Tom can go because I believe he's uh, hasn't gone yet. Thanks. Sir. All right, I'll take that as no questions are coming up for Kelly. Uh, I'm Tom McKay, Compulsive Gambler, last bet, January 12th of this year. And a couple, a couple shares really stuck out already. Amy mentioned how she used to gaslight people. And it just, it made me think right away. My wife accused me of gaslighting her more than a dozen times over a period of a few years. And since the day I started recovery, I have not been accused of gaslighting her one time. So that, that's what, what is uh, gaslighting again? Uh, that's the second time I heard it. What is gaslighting? It's like when you do something wrong, you tend to spin it or phrase it in such a way where it makes the victim feel, feel like they are the guilty party. So as liars and, and manipulators in us as gamblers, Gaslighting is a skill that we develop over time, and I became an expert in gaslighting. So wow. when Amy when Amy mentioned that, I thought, "Yep, that's really funny." Um, and the other the other thing that I think Brad mentioned was, and the topic of this meeting is step one: um, admitting that we were powerless over gambling, and big word, and our life had become unmanageable. Um, it made me think about this in two phases. Um, for me, coming to the realization that my life was unmanageable was really the easy part. Um, over the course of, say, 15 years from the beginning of 2000s up until about 2015, over that long stretch, at some point, I realized my life had become unmanageable. I declared bankruptcy. I had a Chapter 13 bankruptcy that lasted for five years. I ruined my finances from, from time to time only to rebuild them and then tear them down once again. And I lived in a day-to-day -day stressful environment 
And to me, my life was totally unmanageable. I knew that, but the stakes weren't high and they were unmanageable for me, but they weren't unmanageable for anybody else around me. So to me that, you know, if I can live with that total chaos on a day-to-day basis, I didn't think it was a big deal. You know, I felt like, you know, if I can handle it and it's not bothering anybody else, then and they're no worse for the wear, then I'll just continue doing what I'm doing. Um, but the first piece of that question, admitting that we were powerless over gambling, is something that I struggled with for at least three years before I ultimately went into recovery in January. And the backstory of that is being a sports gambler and being a poker player and those sorts of games, you start to develop a facade of you being able to slowly but surely beat the game, right? You, you develop a facade that you're a grinder and you're, you're going to bet day in and day out. You're going to stick to a certain routine. And, and there were times where that routine worked, right? There were winning streaks. You know, the, the, the peaks were extremely high and the valleys were extremely low. And over the course of many, many years, you built up, you build a tolerance for how low that valley can go before it ultimately financially swings back the other direction. And I developed an extremely high tolerance for, for that variance. Um, so I, I, I had a certain ego about me. And the reason I gambled was in a competitive nature. I, I was, I was going to be one of those 2% that could continuously beat the game and be a quote unquote professional gambler. Um, I probably went through four or five different episodes over the last three years of my gambling where I would have an extended losing streak. And at some point I would put my foot down and I would say, I'm going to raise the stakes today. I'm going to gamble more than I've ever gambled on any particular game. And I'm going to do it for a couple of days and I'm going to turn the tides of this ridiculous losing streak and if it didn't work then I would throw in the towel right I would say you know what I can't beat this game and I'll go ahead and join recovery because everybody in recovery is quote-unquote losers right we're all here because we lost and our lives are unmanageable everything is to shit so I put my foot down gambled really big and for the first three or four times it it ended positively from a financial perspective right? I won. I I kept myself from complete and utter ruin. So then it was back to grinding away, you know, spending more time gambling. And that was the priority. And leading into that, that last couple of months in, in December, 2019, January, 2020, I had another extended losing streak and I put my foot down one last time. Only this time I knew I'm going to raise the stakes as high as I could possibly raise them. And if I lose everything, that's going to give me one more really, really big excuse to pour my heart out to everybody that I know that I have a significant problem. And I think it was, without being caught, it was my way of trying to essentially destroy myself so that somebody would notice. Um, it didn't end positively on January the 12th of 2020. I didn't lose everything, but I lost you know, even more that particular day. And uh, it was enough to say, you know what, okay, I promised myself that this was the last hurrah, and it was. And looking back on that long stretch of three years, it was subconsciously my attempt to 
convince myself that I was powerless over gambling. Or maybe said a different way, it was my attempt to control gambling while it was very obvious to me that I couldn't. Um, and much like Andre and other folks that maybe come to the rooms, relapse early on and come back, there's some sort of cycle that goes on where you have to kind of deal with this element of control and willpower before it eventually sets in. And that element takes longer for some than others. And for me, it took, like I said, at least three years. It took a long time. Uh, but on January the 13th, when I first reached out and I first started recovery, I had gone through that cycle several times already. And I was at that point comfortable with step one, even when I walked in the door. It was very clear to me. My life was in total shambles. And um, I, I obviously had no control over everything that I was doing in gambling at that point. Um, the last question in the topic was, what did you do or what do you do to stop gambling, at least in those early days? And we've already covered it. Um, it's meetings. I didn't tell a single person about my, my gambling disorder or my issues. The only people I told anything about uh, that topic to were in these rooms and a therapist that I had reached out to about two weeks later. So for me, just talking to somebody else that has an open mind and an open ear is what you need to do to stop gambling in the first couple of weeks. You know, like <laughs> there, there's no doubt in my mind that if I talk to nobody and I just listen to things, podcasts, if I just read information, that's not enough. You, you, have, to, you have to reach out and, and connect with someone or a group of people. And that's why... GA and meetings like these are so vitally important, especially to the folks that are stopping or entering recovery for the first time. Without that shoulder to lean on or a, that ear to hear you out, you have no chance. You have no chance. So that's all I have to share. Um, but it's a great topic. It, you know, a lot of folks in the meeting already really hit it right on the head. And um, yeah, that step one is a meaningful, meaningful step for me and something that I grapple with for a long time. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. I'm Jeff uh, W. And it's late. So um, I'm going to take two minutes on this. And I'm going to time myself right now. Okay. The reason why I can do this is because um, I had no problem when I began my recovery admitting I was powerless. I proved to myself time and time again. Um, one, one question that I don't one answered now, but just to think about, because I've thought about it um, during this meeting. And why is step one? Why does it say we admitted we were powerless over gambling, as opposed to we admitted we were powerless over our gambling addiction? There's a workbook that I use when I do the steps, and they give exam as a GA workbook, and they give examples of the illusion of control over gambling and illusion of control over our addiction. And for the addiction part of it, they talk about some of the things that you guys mentioned, like, you know, never leaving when you, when you could leave or, or um, saying that you're never going to use a credit card and using a credit card or, um, you know, the obsession uh, with gambling. Uh, but on losing control over our gambling, it talks about what, illusions did you have that you could control the outcome of our gambling? 
And um, it's just an interesting thought. It seems to me that we should be talking about being powerless over the addiction as opposed to powerless over gambling. I'll just raise that. Uh, let's see, I have 23 seconds. The next thing I want to say is, Andre, um, I connected with you. You have uh, our meetings that you can go to. We have them daily. They're not on the podcast, but we welcome you. And uh, I can assure you, eight seconds to go, that you will not see very many people that are as old as 58 years old. So join us. Thank you. Nicely done, Jeff. Nicely done. Well, I want to think. What's up, Brad? You nailed that one. Said his last word, and the alarm went off. It's pretty perfect. Now, if you could just keep your questions to under two minutes. (laughs) Uh, Does anybody have anything else this evening? Well, I want to thank you all for being here. Thank you to Brad and Danielle and Amy and Andre and Kelly and Tom. And for Jeff, I'm Brian. Thanks for listening.